What's up, people? Another episode of Justice Fortune. Okay, Davis here with you. Slow news day, huh? Rick Buecher's report on Ben Simmons leaving the group chat when they want to play in game four. Okay, it is what it is. We'll get a little bit into that. Sticking with the Nets, we'll talk about KD and his desire to still be traded. NFL training camps, things that I have observed. Some good, some bad. And the wild story that is most likely true as it's coming out, but it's not really wild, but a shock to me that Serena Williams may be calling it quits. Ready to leave professional tennis. And if it's near the end, I feel like I gotta get to the US Open. Gotcha. I'll get to that soon. First thing I want to talk about is the report that Deshaun Watson is gonna be the starting QB for the preseason opener versus the Jaguars. Watson would say, you know what, let's take a pause on playing for a little bit. Let's think about what we are dealing with in a way that is somewhat sensitive to those out there that feel like, you know, even as high up as Roger Goodell in the NFL, that the punishment he received is too light, that they're making light of what he has been accused of by the 30 women or more out there based on some reports. I know he didn't play last year. And maybe in Deshaun Watson's camp, the fact that the Texans sat him for a whole season, and they all they too had to settle some cases for their role in Deshaun Watson's uh transgressions. If you will. I don't know if that word works here. But I just feel like it's almost like a I don't know, slap in the face is the right word. But I feel there's a level of um remorse that can be that could be shown that really isn't. That it's like, no, full steam ahead, forget this. We're, we're, we're done with this. You can never be done with it. The women can never be done with it. And you could say, yes, Deshaun Watson may never be done with it as well. That the cloud will always be over him for this. Yeah, you could say everyone has skeletons in the closet. 
But you could also say that, yeah, there are probably a lot of people that, you know, have gotten in trouble for some things. And for an athlete of his caliber that's supposed to be a role model, I don't think it's right. I also don't think it's right when you are trying to skirt around the fact that this is a preseason game and, oh, well, he's only suspended for six regular season games. Let him sit out. Roger Goodell says, quote, when speaking about why they are appealing the decision by the independent officer, Sue Robinson, is because Roger Goodell does think that what Deshaun Watson did is predatory and egregious. And I agree. Roger Goodell said, quote, because we've seen the evidence. Robinson was very clear about the evidence. Should we enforce the evidence that there was multiple violations here and they were egregious and it was predatory behavior? Now there, the Deshaun Watson's fates is, you know, they're waiting for this former New Jersey Attorney General, Peter C. Harvey, to oversee the appeal and make a decision. And no, there isn't a timeline, so you could say, oh, well, the issue is that he's just in limbo. And I just think, yeah, you should be in limbo. Watson was accused in civil cases by 24 women. The cases range from sexual assault to sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions. I think there should be a change. I think at some point, yeah, you could say, oh, well, they took the money, so it's all good. We're good. And it shouldn't be about the money. But it is. You know, no, these women are never going to be whole again. You know, in many ways, the ones who are known by name, and there are many, you know, may have a tough time with work, may have a tough time in relationships. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson will make his $230 million and life will go on for him, and these women may struggle forever. And it's not to say Deshaun Watson doesn't deserve the money as a football player with the caliber of quarterback that he is. But I just think, yo, let's not play in the preseason game. I know the Browns are itching to get him out there. Deshaun Watson wants to get out there back under center. But, and who knows, maybe by the time the game is about to start, the NFL may either make their ruling or say, hey, you got to sit out until we finish this. But I think it's just in poor taste by the Browns and by Deshaun Watson for him to get under center. 
But then again, this is a business. He has been traded. He's not the first player to get in trouble for something that is, uh, you know, unbecoming. Or realistically, uh, you know, like we said, there's skeletons in a lot of closets out there. And, you know, if you get caught, you get caught. You got to do the time. And I don't think he's done enough of it. Speaking of not enough, Kevin Durant went all the way to London to have to have a meeting with Nets owner Joe Tsai to talk about the fact that he still wants to be traded. And the weird thing is the fact that, you know, Steve Nash, Sean Marks were KD's guys. Someday I'd love to read a book about what happened there. He wanted Kyrie, wanted James Harden. The whole thing is blown up and now he wants out. It's like, oh yeah, never mind. I just... I just don't know. The Nets... You know, we're trying to get a haul from the Celtics. And the Celtics said no. There is, I think, actually an overinflation of Kevin Durant's worth. Based on his history of getting being injured. Based on his age. be 34 years old now okay yeah arguably he is the best player in the NBA right now average almost 30 points a game little over seven rebounds and six assists but I also think that it's a gamble to give away so much like if you think about it it's one thing to give up what like the Nats gave up for Juan Soto. You think of Juan Soto as a young player that you can build around. You're going to have him for years. Granny has never had any serious injury. Uh, he's not injury prone. But to think that for Kevin Durant at his age, I don't know if I give up as much as the Brooklyn Nets are asking for whether it's in first-round draft picks or all-stars like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Maybe one of the two, but not both. I would almost argue if I'm the, the Celtics, I would say, no, I'm good. You keep, you keep him and just doing what you're doing. You already proved that you can beat the Nets. You've already proved that you can get to the NBA Finals. They just got Malcolm Brogdon. Danilo Gallinari to come off the bench. To me, the Celtics are fine. I would almost bow out and say, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. 
Kevin Durant is an amazing player. And there are a lot of teams that I would say, yeah, I mean, shoot. I even put on Twitter being ridiculous to think, hey, come back to the DMV. Yeah, the Wizards could use you. They could use a player of his caliber, come back home, team up with Bradley Beal. I know it's not going to happen, but I still brought it up. But the thought of me as a Celtics fan thinking uh, we're in the NBA Finals, why would we blow all of this up for a player that you're not even sure if it's going to work out with him, one, two, based on his track record over the last five seasons, you know, left OKC, goes to the Warriors, left the Warriors, goes to the Nets, now wants to leave the Nets. You don't know how long he'll be there. He may get to Boston and, you know, after a year. I know all these reports about, oh, he's really good friends with Ime Udoku. Like, okay. Still doesn't mean it's going to work out. He wanted Steve Nash. How'd that work out? I just would not bend over backwards for KD in this situation. I think I'd say I'm good. One thing I'm good with, sticking with the Nets, is Rick Buecher's report saying that Ben Simmons left the Nets group chat when they asked him if he was going to play. Now, is that report legit? Now we got Ben Simmons saying that it's not, right? We've got other reporters saying it's not. I tend to think like a where there's smoke, there's fire. And the reason why I am going to come at it from that angle is in some ways... What does Rick Buecher have to lose? If someone told him this and he chose to kind of wait and put it out now, okay, so be it. But I also think for other reporters to come out and say, oh, well, that's not true. That didn't happen as there are reports out um, from Shams Charania on the Pat McAfee show. I also understand if you want to try to get in Ben Simmons' good graces, if you want to try to get a scoop, yeah, you can go out on the limb and say it didn't happen. I'm just going to say that, you know, just take it with a grain of salt on both sides. It was funny on Twitter for 24 hours. And you'll probably never really know the truth unless Ben Simmons comes out and says it. And the crazy thing is I don't necessarily believe him because if I'm Ben Simmons, you certainly don't want that story to get out there. So, of course, you're going to say it didn't happen. 
I mean, come on. He'd get destroyed if he said it did. Everybody has their sources, sources, excuse me, and I imagine Rick Buecher has some sources. So I'm going to have a little side eye when I think of what he said. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I mean, because realistically, if we tie in the Durant and the Ben Simmons, like the fact that the Nets are trying to ask for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for Kevin Durant, no thank you. But at the same time, man, if Kevin Durant does get traded, who does Ben Simmons have on that team? I'd be curious who they're going to get back. I mean, when I saw one other report about this like three-team deal with Miami, and I saw who maybe the Brooklyn Nets were going to get back, I was just like, no, the whole thing is a disaster. Kevin Durant maybe wants to go play with the Sixers, which doesn't make sense. I mean, I mean, I guess it does if like the whole Joel and B, Kevin Durant clapping back at each other on the court was just for show and like, no, nah, now they're going to be good. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. And then him to link back up with James Harden after the whole James Harden, Kyrie Irving thing. Uh, it seems messy. And I feel like Kevin Durant is stuck between a rock and a hard place, and thus so is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons basically didn't want to play all last year. And we'll see if he wants to play this year, but I tell you what, I found it really funny. Somebody was had some highlights of Ben Simmons that, you know, they were pro-Ben Simmons, which is fine. They were like, yo, check out this highlight reel of Ben Simmons. He's legit. They were all like layups and dunks. That's it. No no three-pointers. No mid-range jumpers. Like if you're Brooklyn, nah, you're struggling. You need a lot back. You need, shoot, probably Donovan Mitchell. They had had Rudy Gobert. Maybe you could have got Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And, you know, some draft picks for Kevin Durant. But I don't know if there's much out there that you're not kind of destroying your team to get Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant basically is going to go to a team that doesn't have anybody, possibly. And But the reason why I brought up Utah is because at least you knew Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, maybe they weren't they weren't going to work out together. So maybe if you made that trade, that is a decent three three team trade where you can get Rudy somewhere and get Donovan Mitchell with the Nets. Maybe get a big man. Maybe it was a Miles Turner with Indiana or Bam Adebayo with Miami. Something. 
But I think this is really putting Brooklyn in a tough spot. Speaking of a tough spot, I can't imagine what it's like for someone of Serena Williams's caliber. To be retiring, maybe not on her own terms. She announced in a in a magazine, if I remember correctly, what was it, Vanity Fair? That she wants to leave. Leave tennis and think about having another child and business ventures. Maybe it was Vogue. Yeah, it was Vogue. I had to look it up. Vanity Fair is happy that I said Vanity Fair. But now is her swan song, so I got to figure out how to get to the U.S. Open. She's 40 years old. She said as she lost in the second round in Toronto, a lot of emotions, obviously. She said it's been a pretty whirlwind 24 hours. She said she's terrible at goodbyes, but she said goodbye, Toronto. My thing is, I don't know if this is really the end for her. In that, if you want to see her play, okay, maybe she's retiring on this level. But my dream and hope, if I don't get to the U.S. Open, is maybe you'll see her in some kind of charity tournament. And I'd be okay to watch her there too because she's still the greatest tennis player ever. In my mind, men's or women's. She's the greatest. And I just want one opportunity to maybe get a chance to see her play. And if this is it, this is it. And I regret not having spent more time taking the time to see, to see Serena play. The countdown has begun, Serena says. And that means the countdown begins for me. I've got to find a way to try to see her play before she retires. Got to see it. What I didn't see is the city open. Which is a shame. Nick Kyrgios won the City Open. City Open's been in my backyard since I was a kid in D.C. I used to be a ball kid there, too. Back when I think it was called the Leg Mason Classic. I don't know what I was thinking. That I did not go. And 
to be in D.C. and not go see tennis. The one time you get to see it, just, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. It's sad. It's sad what tennis used to mean to me, especially that tournament. I mean, I went almost every year as a kid. I even got to call some uh, city open wild card tournaments that were like the lead up to the city open for monumental sports. I love doing play by play. I didn't even go. Especially, I would have loved to see that Kyrgios Francis Tiafo match. But they are the four tournaments U.S. Open, Wimbledon, Australian Open, and French Open that I gotta go to. And maybe this is a year I try to get to that U.S. Open if there's a chance for me to watch Serena Williams play. That's what I hope. They're all of these men's and women's tune-ups to the U.S. Open. And you kind of get lost in this tournament and that tournament. Just need to get to the U.S. Open. That's what I need to do. That's what I need to do sooner than later. I need to do it. What I also need to do is try my best to get into the NFL. I know I talked on the top at the top of the show about Deshaun Watson. But I'm getting further and further away from wanting to watch training camp. I just, I don't know what I really need to be watching. I am excited to see what Kenny Pickett may do with the Steelers. I want to see what happens in Washington if Carson Wentz. How long it'll be before I say, go back from whence you came? Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. I think one of the biggest storylines is with the Steelers, as this is the first year without Ben Roethlisberger under center and see if that also means that what's at stake for the Steelers is Mike Tomlin's record as a head coach of never having a losing season and if the Steelers can make the playoffs. That very well be the most intriguing story of this NFL season. And I know you're probably going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. That doesn't, you know, maybe you disagree with me. But can you think of anything else that is, you know, I mean, what? Rams, can they repeat? That's probably the only other thing that really gets me excited about it. Yeah, there was some moving pieces with teams 
But I just, there really isn't much else. There really isn't much else. And with there not being much else, you know, I did, of course, look at the team futures. And right now, the Buffalo Bills are favored to win the Super Bowl at plus 600. Six to one. Tampa Bay behind them at seven to one. Chiefs at 10 to one. Packers at 10 to one. Rams are down at 12 to one. I take that as a sleeper. Not a deep sleeper. I mean, they won it already, but like the fact that they aren't favored to repeat to me is kind of interesting. The other team that was playing very well in that Super Bowl, Bengals, 22 to 1. What do you think of that? Titans fell off. They're at 40 to 1. Cardinals are at 40 to 1. Maybe there's a breakout team you don't know about. Denver Broncos, 16 to 1, with their new quarterback and Russell Wilson under center. When I look at the odds, the futures, I think the NFL's wide open this year. I don't find that there is a favorite to win. Yeah, I do think that the Bills and the Rams are near the top or at the top. Bucks right behind them. I don't know about the 49ers with Trey Lance. That's a little bit, little bit too, uh, too soon. I'd look at the Rams to repeat and the Bengals at 22 to 1. I would take that for them to get back. Joe Burrow, I'm sure he wants to show that that wasn't a fluke. Kansas City, I don't know. I don't know about Kansas City. I really don't. I think them giving up Tyreek Hill... I'm questioning that. Not sure about that. But I also think, you know, maybe looking at looking at the Ravens at 20 to 1. Lamar Jackson can ever get over that hump. Maybe this is that year. Maybe this is that year. 
We shall see. We shall see. Got to get my bets in. I was at the barber today. He's like, "What you? who you like? Who you like? I said, I got to think about it. I need a little bit more time. I'm ready for fantasy football, too. I'm, I'm kind of resurging, making a resurgence in fantasy baseball. We'll see if I can get back to 500, but I'm, I'm looking forward to football. Looking forward to football. All right, that'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. Enjoy, enjoy your sports weekend. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep. That's right, they'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the PrizePix app today.